Welcome, everybody, to another informative episode of the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. My name is Parker Bennett. I'm a real estate agent here at Royal LePage Westwind Realty in the beautiful city of Kamloops, BC. And I will be your guide today for what I hope will be a very educational experience on the most up-to-date real estate trends affecting our amazing city here in Kamloops. My name is Parker Bennett. And I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Okay, I want to jump right in with what's going on in the current state of the real estate market here in Kamloops. Uh, Month ending October 2023, the median house residential price is $710,000. That's up considerably from the month of September, uh, which was sitting at $650,000. So a huge spike in median house price. Uh, Current units that have sold in the month of October were 171 units, and in September it was 182. I would say that seems pretty normal. The market always starts to cool, especially with units units sold uh, as we head towards the snowy season. And it is uh, November 16th. Yesterday we got a dump of snow on the higher elevations in Kamloops. So the uh, upper subdivisions are probably still white out today, although the weather is warming. But typically the market starts to cool down as far as uh, units sold uh, as we get closer to Christmas and uh, into the deep of old man winter. If I dip back one year ago, uh, median house price in November of 2022 was uh, $615,000. We were just in that hangover of COVID last fall. And so the market's up since then, Uh, 131 units sold in November of last year. And I think we're up at 88 right now. So we'll probably do a little bit better than we did last year for units sold. Um, I'm starting to get the feeling that the market is starting to pick back up, at least getting more normal for a fall. And um, Bank of Canada held its interest rates back in late October. Uh, I think the bank rate now is at 5% and it's holding steady. I think they do meet one more time this year. Uh, next month in December, and we'll see where that goes. The CPI is still up over three and a half. I think it's three six, three seven, three point seven percent, and the target was two. So I wouldn't get too comfortable with interest rates yet. I feel I feel like they're going to hold, just because uh, economically GDP is down and we're starting to flow in the direction of a two percent uh, CPI. So. I'm hoping the interest rates stay tight. And if they do, I think that'll promise to be a better spring than we had uh, in 2023. But um, I wanted to look at something deeper because it does seem like there's little micro markets within our within our real estate community here in Kamloops that seem to be doing better than others. And so I did a little bit of research to try and dig up um, different subdivisions and different property types to see if there was some types of property that were selling quicker Uh, Maybe some subdivisions that were selling more, had a little bit more demand. This is what I found. At first, I looked at single-family detached homes for the year of 2023. And so far to date, 663 units had sold. These are detached homes in the city limits without suites, okay? 
the average days on the market were 47 days till they sold. And they sold at 98% of asking. So then I looked at houses with suites. So for a year to date, 170 sold, uh, 98% of asking, and 44 days was the average days on the market for homes with suites. So that's interesting because basically it's saying that the average price of a home with a suite is only $17,000 more than without. That's, that's pretty good data. Uh, then I dabbled through townhomes, uh, which is a big bulk of our market, 270 townhomes sold so far year to date. Uh, average days on the market for those guys were 45 days and still selling at 98% of asking. Half duplexes, uh, which is kind of cool because Kamloops has a fair amount of half duplexes that sit on a little bit of little bit of property. You know, we have lots with half duplexes as 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 opposed to in some communities, when you're thinking about a half duplex, it's typically like a strata-like condition. Uh, 48 days on the market was our average days for half duplexes, and they sold for 99% of asking. And then I, finally, I looked at condos, uh, which is another big bulk of our market sales, 277 sales from the year so far, 66 days on the market. So another 20% longer than basically the average of everything else. Um, and they were selling at 98%. So not a lot of information there. I didn't discover any uh, hidden gems there. Uh, next, I looked at rural property, and I noticed that it was the lowest uh, for uh, sale price to list price at 97%, and average days in the market really was 67 days in the market, so a little bit longer. Then I went through subdivision to subdivision and I wanted to see what the average days in the market for most properties in each subdivision looked like. So I'm not going to tell you them all, but I'll give you some highlights, okay? The, the subdivisions that had the quickest sale times were Brock, Brocklehurst at 37 days, Barnhartville at 37 days, and Aberdeen at 39 days. Now, typically in Kamloops, Brock and Aberdeen are our highest demand for properties, and it's basically because there's just more properties there uh, than other subdivisions, okay? Uh, which was interesting because the slower subdivisions, um, Sahali at 56 days, uh, Westside 52 days, Juniper Ridge at 56 days, and Dallas at 51 days. Some of the notable mentions there, Sun Rivers at 42 days is pretty quick. Uh, typically, Sun Rivers takes a little bit longer for those properties to sell, but that trend is going away. Um, I think is because th- th- that subdivision there is just becoming more and more demand with uh, with the ease of access to town, the great views, and uh, the warmer weather as it gets all the sun in Kamloops. So, uh, micro markets in Kamloops. I didn't really find any, you know, like super hidden gems in there, but I just thought I would share that data with you. So, I'm not sure if you remember or not. But in the spring of this year, uh, the province announced its uh, bill that was passed called Homes for People Action Plan. And uh, if you're familiar with this action plan, there has been several new rule changes coming into effect affecting single-family residential properties. Um, two on the docket to discuss today. One is going to be the uh, new BC Short-Term Rental Accommodation Act. And two is going to be the legislation around zoning in different municipalities in the province of BC. But first, let's talk about the Short-Term Rental Accommodation Act because 
This was kind of a kick. I don't think many people expected it, although there was a lot of discussion about uh, whether or not short-term rentals were affecting uh, the possibility of having more homes for people in the province of BC, creating sort of more long-term rental properties as opposed to being short-term rental properties. So a couple of highlights here um, is the rule change kind of looks like this. This is going to be me regurgitating uh, how I how I see the rule change. If you are a owner of a short-term rental accommodation in the province of BC, okay, you will you will no longer be able to operate that as a short-term accommodation unless it's operating out of your principal residence. Now there's some asterisks to that, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But primarily look at it this way. If you've purchased a condo, maybe in Vancouver or Kelowna or Kamloops or whatever, and you were operating that as a short-term rental property, as of May of 2024, you are no longer going to be able to do that. Basically, the province of BC has looked at data that shows that all these short-term rentals are basically diverting long-term tenants from getting into the market. And that's they've concluded that that's one of the reasons why rental properties are not only they're hard to get, but they're in demand. So the price of rental property has gone up through the roof with huge, huge demand being put on that rental market. And it kind of goes like this. If you're in a community that is larger than 10,000 people, population of 10,000, or you're in an adjacent community that's larger than 10,000 people, then you are, you are going to have to have that uh, short-term rental is going to have to be inside your primary residence the way we discussed it before. Now there's a list online, you can go online and see, and I'm just looking at the list of communities that are going to be affected by this. And I noticed that for Kamloopians, uh, we're definitely affected, but Sun Peaks is not. Um, it's It's basically being considered a resort municipality, which is going to be an exception to the rule. Um, There's 14 resort communities in the province of BC that are going to be exempt. I noticed that the city of Chase, the village of Chase, uh, the district of Logan Lake, uh, Merritt is not in here, and Cache Creek is not in here. So a lot of the adjacent communities to Kamloops are not actually in the list uh, of compliance. So that's good news. Districts are going to be exempt from the rule. So if you're in a rural property area, maybe you've got a farm or got some acreage outside of town, um, that will exempt you from the short-term accommodation restriction. And it looks like the fines are going to be upwards of 50 grand. So they're not going to take, they're not taking this very lightly. (laughs) I want to read you the definition of a short-term rental. So short-term rentals are accommodations provided to members of the public in a host's property in exchange for money for a period less than 90 days consecutively. So that's kind of interesting because 90 days seems like you're, it's kind of like a medium, a medium rental, not a short-term rental, like a medium-term rental. But anyways, I guess that's just my opinion. So you got till May 1st of 2024 um, to get your property sold, I guess, because that's going to be the big question now. Is there going to be a big flux of inventory coming on the market of properties that... um, they're going to be sold because they, they were only viable as an Airbnb and as a long-term rental, they just might not be able to carry the debt service of that big interest rate payment that you're making on your mortgages these days. So it'll be really interesting to see. Like word of mouth is that I don't feel like Kamloops has a whole lot of issues around this. I'm sure people are going to be affected by it. 
I just don't feel like we're a community where we had a, a high volume of short-term rentals. Although there's no doubt there's going to be some in and around the uh, Thompson Rivers University area. And uh, these should roll over to long-term rentals. Hopefully they're viable for the owner. And uh, there's not a huge influx of rental property coming on the market that was geared towards short-term rentals. So I guess the other factor in this whole short-term rental accommodation issue is that for our area of Kamloops, we don't really have zoning that supports short-term rentals. So there's going to have to be a change which allows short-term rentals to accommodate our current zoning plan. Because currently, right now, if you have a short-term rental, really, you're breaking a bylaw in the city of Kamloops because the only short-term rental zoning we have is all around hotels and motels. So right now, currently, even though the way the province sees it, uh, the province wants you to be able to help debt service owning a home, but currently in our city, we don't have the zoning that allows for that. So I'm not sure if that'll change. However, and this is going to segue really nice, um, because the next thing I want to talk about was uh, new legislation coming to remove zoning barriers for small-scale multifamily multi-unit homes in and around the province. So this is super interesting news. Uh, because the province announced earlier in uh, November that they were moving towards removing zoning barriers to municipalities that exceeded 5,000 people. And these zoning barriers were based on densifying single-family detached lots, okay? So three to four-unit homes could be now built on lots that were zoned previous as single-family detached homes, And if you had a high frequency bus stop in front of your property and it was zoned, it was either zoned single family detached home, but on a larger lot, you'd be able to build a six unit property on there. So this is really going to change uh, the look and landscape of a lot of the communities in and around British Columbia. Now, I, as soon as I heard this, I reached out to the city of Kamloops because I was so very curious to know what their take was on it. And at the point, this was this week when I talked to them, um, they were not ready to discuss anything um, because basically this legislation caught everybody by surprise and there was really no discussion with municipalities uh, in depth anyways about uh, some of the hiccups that might come with infrastructure, you know, like water, sewer, parking, schools, transit, all the typical things that would have... um, would have been the reasoning for current zoning uh, that were implemented in and around our areas currently. So, so basically, when I when I reached out to the city of Kamloops, they basically said, you know, we we don't really don't have a whole lot of information with regards to what's going to be taking place, but there is an agenda coming. So, a policy manual will be given to local governments by the end of December of this year. So they'll have more to discuss, and I hope that we can circle back to the planning department in the city uh, to discuss some of that stuff that's on that policy manual at the end of uh, December. Um, In January, there's going to be more instructions provided to local governments. So it sounds like early next year, we'll kind of have an outline as what it's going to look like. Uh, There's going to be some funding given to municipalities, and I assume this is for infrastructure. There's going to be about $51 million of allocated funds. I don't know where those funds are going, and I don't think even the government knows where they, where they will go at this point in time. Uh, but the deadline to have bylaws that have changed and requirements set in place for all municipalities is going to be June 30th of 2024. 
So this is interesting because currently if you have a zoned uh, duplex lot in the city of Kamloops, I'm curious to know if the value of the lot, the lot has gone up or has it gone down? Because the, the value of a duplex lot in Kamloops has always been pretty premium in that you could build a duplex. But now you could build a duplex on any lot, any single family detached lot. And of course, I'm just going by what the theory of this entire new legislation is, but basically it's looking more like you're going to be able to put a duplex pretty much anywhere you want now to densify uh, your lot and to give you more value per square footage of dirt that you own. But if you have a bigger lot and you're in a uh, area of high traffic, high frequency stops by transit, then you're going to be able to build a small apartment building from what the looks of things, a sixplex or maybe even a fourplex or, or smaller, but We're going to be able to densify areas of Kamloops that previously we weren't able to densify before. And it's interesting because I live in like a semi-rural area inside city limits, which is zoned country rural one, one acreage. So it's zoned in a way that allows you to have horses and critters and, and we're not on city sewer, but we do have city services for water. So one of the questions that I did ask the city um, was would would other areas of Kamloops be able to densify um, with regards to areas like Rayleigh or Barnhartville? Because these areas typically were uh, blocked from, from subdivision and blocked from higher densifying the area due to limitations to um, basically water. And in, and in most cases, sewer as well, because Rayleigh is on their own private sewer system. They're on, their, they're on a private water system it's really pretty much reached its capacity. And uh, Barnhartville has water issues in its infrastructure, uh, but maybe some of that 51 million bucks that the province is going to dwell out, maybe uh, City of Kelms will help to, uh, to help with the infrastructure in some of our uh, communities inside our community of Kelms. So lots to be discussed and lots of interesting things happening. I think if you're sitting on a lot right now and you're thinking about selling a lot in and around the Kelms area, you might want to hold out till the spring of next year because there might be some uh, zoning changes that bring value to your lot. And the same token, it might even reduce the value. If you have a small, small, tiny duplex lot that allows for a duplex, um, there's a possibility you could build a three or four unit on there. But um, there's a possibility that you can do that anyways with any lot. And I don't know if that lot particularly will either bring value or take value away. But all good things to be... uh, to be discussed and uh, looked looked upon further as we uh, move through this legislation and see what the uh, province is going to bear on our lovely city of Kamloops. (laughs) 